Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Giles Corrin Has No Idea. And it's your lucky day because instead of the usual old guff with me and Esther sitting around the kitchen table scratching through the papers looking for ideas for my column, we have a live recording for you. Yes, it's like Simon and Garfunkel in Central Park in 1980 or the Beatles in Berlin. Uh, recorded at uh, the Times Cheltenham Literature Festival last weekend in an interview with the lovely Alex Clark. It's a no-hold-barred journey through the life of this podcast from the very first day we did it up to now. It's no-hold-barred, it's marital rouse, it's topical satire, it's a laugh a minute, and the audience were all drunk, so they sound like they're enjoying it too. So enjoy this, and next week we'll be back to the usual guff. you have seen Esther Walker and Giles Corrin. Very, very, very misleadingly titled event. It's been... I mean, I'm just... You're being quiet for a second. Giles is really drunk. I'm not drunk. I, I haven't been asked a question yet. Why is it misleadingly titled, the event? What I mean is, you obviously have lots of ideas because I have heard many of them over lunch. And you actually said, I'm going to stop talking in case we don't have anything to say on stage. Alex wanted and then to talk to me all through lunch. She wanted to ask me these questions about things. And I thought, like, I, we, I can't possibly talk now because I've got to save all my gold for yeah. the paying so punters. The, the, you, the, she was, she was, you haven't paid, so you don't get to hear what I think. <laughs> right. But I've now drunk too much, so I don't really know what I think. And the, and the thing is, is that the whole point is, is that Esther has the idea. So it's really, when you say it's misleadingly titled, um, it's, the podcast has my name. It's actually it? perfectly titled. That's what you're saying. Perfectly. Just sometimes has no idea. Yes. And now, this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to get yeah. to the heart of the matter. It's, of course, the kind of thing that you do cover in your podcast. Now, do you have something to tell us about the podcast while, while, before no. we start? Oh, oh, yes. Alex was really excited by the fact that this episode is going to be next week's podcast. Um, so if, for example, you have any exciting questions to ask at the end... Or a heckle. What? Or a heckle. Or a heckle. A really good heckle. Will they haven't get not, in. you see, darling, because you're not a media professional. No. They haven't got mics on. So if they heckle, I mean, unless they really, really stand up here and really give it to yeah. us, it won't pick up on the mic. Giles, have you ever been to Cheltenham before? These people heckle. They, they, will make, they have lungs. They may not have microphones, the but they have lungs. The sound guy said it's a bit of a bear pit yeah. down there. <laughs> a bit scary. Have you been behaving yourselves over lunch? Are oh. you ready for us to chat, perhaps really 
grabbing the metaphorical microphone are off they, each other all questions? the time. They are certain. They yes. are certain, despite not being media professionals, yeah. are going to ask questions. We right. hope we have a roving microphone which can come to you for the last. And it will be the bit. podcast episode next week because yeah. uh, I've got to go away for work, and we're not allowed a week off ever. Uh, so luckily we're here, and then they can they'll still edit it a bit. Um, I kind of hope they'll edit lots of me in. Uh, but it's possible if the questions are really good and yeah. you guys are so, great. So right. this is the thing. The question has to be really good to get into the final cut. So you are sort of being, you know, it's a kind of virtual feedback circle almost instantly, isn't it? Mm. So I'm going to ask you now about this podcast and how it matches up to the kind of reality of your life. So, Giles, I, I know because I've been in this position and I'm sure you have too, sometimes that blank page is there and the idea is not forthcoming at the right time or in the right way. And this is when you turn to your wife. Yes. I mean, I was hoping you'd ask that question to Esther because the problem is, is that it's Esther getting a word in is the problem because I just interrupt all the okay, time. Okay, Esther. Okay. There you go. Right. No, but what so, I think is... <laughs> How close is it to real life? It's very close to real life because Giles has been writing his opinion column for 150 years. Mm. Yeah. And it's actually really hard to think of ideas every week because sometimes you don't care about anything. And if you don't care about a subject, writing about it is extra difficult. Mm -hmm. If you really care about a subject, it's easy. But, but if, if your wife cares about it, it's easy. Yes. If your wife says, I've got this great idea, you could I write this. I can get angry about something on And I behalf. wildly disagree with whatever she said, and then write furiously the opposite. Yeah, putting, so putting me in little caricatures, some stupid people think this. Yeah. You are, in a sense, in that way, his kind of ideas fluffer. You just yeah, you wind him up and let him yeah. go. Now, well, we should just say, though, you yeah. are a journalist. You are, you are a writer as yes, well. as well. Do you sometimes not think, I could write this idea... Why would I give that idea to Giles? It's brilliant. Do you, die? <laughs> you can tell me. The, I won't the, tell the, him. The, the skill is to find a Giles-appropriate idea in the paper. I have to find them for myself as well. But it's finding one that he's going to be good at. This is not, Esther is not in any way surrendered by this. And some people look at it and go, it's called Giles, why is your name in it? Esther's life up to this point, not her life, she had a wonderful life before she met me, I gather. Not really. Uh, but in, in, uh, in our life, it's, I, I come storming in from taking the kids to school, or maybe she's done it, or coming from somewhere, oh, fuck, I've got to write a column, what shall I write my column about? Mm. And she's got a column to write, or she's got something else to do, or work, or whatever it might be, and she, oh, she opens the paper and just says, well, write about this, the zoo, the pandas are mm. trying to have sex with the giraffes, or I don't know what, do, do, do that. She's looking for something just for me to go away and quietly mm. write. So it's, it's a not, way of kind of saying, okay, I need need him off my back right now. Oh, I need to, yeah, it's yeah, right. Definitely. If he doesn't get an idea, there's going to be a I'm going to have to deal with problem. it all day. It's going to be yeah, a, exactly. And does this ever go in the other direction? Do you ever say, Charles, I'm a bit short of inspiration, yes, can you help? Well, I would never ask him, but sometimes he says, I've had a great idea for your piece today, and then he gives me an idea that he wants to do. So it's not... It, you don't, you don't well, Esther had recently... Um, because of the exposure from my fantastic podcast. Uh, she has now got a column in The Independent. No, she always had, we always did everything together, but she, Esther now writes a weekly column in The Independent, and she writes it on the Wednesday, which is the day that we do the podcast. So she's not preparing ideas for me anymore. But I don't have to be she's... funny. You have to be funny. That's the problem. Because you have to be funny, the idea has to be really good. Whereas, because mine doesn't have to be funny, sometimes jokes but get It doesn't in. have to be funny because it's The Independent. In fact, I think funny might be banned from the Independent. <laughs> not allowed. But the Independent is free, so the yes. column doesn't have to be that, you know. I can't... You have I to pay to read to mine, bottom. so it has to... I can't get to the bottom of whether my column goes in the paper 
And is it, can you buy This is the level shop? of ambition that my wife, my wonderful, brilliant wife, works out. Le- she writes a column in The Independent and doesn't know if it's still a newspaper sure. or whether it's just a website just and hasn't online? bothered to check. And if it's available to And she wouldn't get paid if I didn't invoice for her either. No, I do my invoicing. Do you do that? I do it now. Right, I'm going to intervene Sorry. now before there's a real, this <laughs> goes horrifically off piste and in fact a divorce lawyer runs in with papers or something. Yeah. Just explain to me how this was when you, when you did meet. You both journalist obviously for a long time and before you met um at what stage of the kind of weekly column that sort of treadmill of coming up with ideas to write about and riffing them off each other did this all develop in your life together well Giles used to sort out his column idea with his sister because ah. his sister also used to write a weekly but column. But she's too grand now well she no she doesn't take my she, phone calls she's, Boop. she's oh, it's not David Walliams cancel she's always been very grand but what happened is that she got married yeah, and you so got someone married. even you, grander than me. So now David Mitchell gets all her ideas. Yeah, so, yeah. but you both married journalists. Yeah. So need, you didn't have to talk to each other about your ideas anymore. And then after that happened, then I started finding you your ideas. Not every single week. Sometimes you would come in on Thursday going, I know what I'm going to write about, it's all fine. Well, Esther's, Esther's idea, the, the, the podcast was Esther's idea. Um, and Esther is genuinely interested in journalism. Yeah. Um, rather than just sort of falling into it lazily, sloppily I like I just me. really, really, really love newspapers. I just love them, and I love opening them, and I love reading them, and I love the difference between what this editor has decided to put on page, you know, inside page one mm. or three, and what that editor's done, and how they deal with different subjects, what subjects that they think are important, mm. And, and I literally only care what they pay by word. Doesn't care. He literally doesn't. Care. I don't believe. It's really you. weird. He so doesn't I don't love. You don't believe you the would smell have done newspapers. This. No, so I do. Pa- I buy, I buy the paper on a Saturday care. to find out what I think about things. I don't read other columnists. Ah, oh, it's Giles in the paper today. Boom. And then it's Esther's sort of genuine interest in, in the production of newspapers and thought there'd be a really good podcast in how do you arrive at a column? Which I, I think th- other people are interested in newspapers. Well. I'm not sure that they are. I'm not sure that other people are interested in how it works, what goes into it. You can't write about this because, what's her name? That nice woman who's very talented. Deborah Ross on Deborah Thursday. Ross. What, you can't write it because she's done it. You can't write that because you wrote it two weeks ago and you can't write that because it's going to go somewhere else on the paper. And, yeah. you know. There's a sort of battle, you know, when you say what you're going to write about, they go, no, Matthew Paris has got that, Janice Turner's got that. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Although, admittedly, Matthew writes mainly about Antonisine Strife and the Tory party, and Janice is mostly on trans issues now, so that leaves the whole of the rest of the world. There is a lot left. I do. When I go, I thought I would discuss whether it's okay to say that women have penises, and they go, no, Janice has got that. that. um, There used to be quite a lot of overlap with you and Janice, actually, and it used to make you quite cross, because she would ring up on Tuesday and say, I'm doing this. But now it's Deborah Ross, who is brilliant and funny and wonderful. Yeah, she's a little bit of a threat. on Thursday, like, just when I've had my idea. I think I'm going to do it. It's going to be so annoying. Deborah's done it. Need another piranha in the tank, do you? Ever? No. This is the problem. She's a very small piranha, and she's actually quite nice, so it's okay. Nonetheless, yeah, she, she has been. Now, tell me that, that. So there comes the point of getting the idea, and we will absolutely shortly get onto the podcast. Mm. However, in print terms and print terms, uh, what uh, is the point where you have to send the things off, and do they come back and say? No, not necessarily someone's got this idea, they're already doing it, tanks off the lawn. Uh, but no, we want you to go a different way. No, you're not doing that, it sounds boring. Does that ever happen? I don't think so. To me? All the people that said that are now dead. <laughs> Say that again. Mm. Uh, no. Uh, no, no. Uh, not really. 
not really anymore. Okay. Uh, I sent this email in, in 2008. Yeah, which, which, I know. Yeah, and so they just, nobody talks to me really, and I just, they just let him do. Right. Know, not, not really, not really. It's only if it's a clash with something else. Yes, um, yes. That's the only thing, really. You did, your previous editor was a bit more eagle-eyed than your current one about, for example, we're not obsessed with Deborah Ross, but about what Deborah Ross had written on No, the, the editor, editor of the paper, very occasionally it turns out that they're their friends. So I had a, well, there was an editor who was a friend of Richard Branson, and, that, and, and they'd go, oh, no, the editor's a friend of it, you can't do that. And the, the, the current editor turned out, who knew, to be friends with Peter Gabriel. So oh, yes, I, I, I had, remember that. I wrote a whole column about WOMAD and music festivals and what a load of shit, and I, so I sent it off, it was brilliant, and he came back, no, no, you can't, I went, what, this is never, no, what? And then it, very quietly, the editor is... What has Peter Gabriel got to Peter Gabriel runs WOMAD. So I had this brilliant column about how shit WOMAD was. Yeah. I think I just crossed it out and wrote Glastonbury and sent it back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because, because you can't... That's the one thing you could do. However much of a reputation you have for just tyranny, like I have... You know, people don't, don't want to mess with me because I've sent all these terrible emails or whatever. Uh, the, the, when the editor says, no, that's my mate... Charles, I need to ask you really about this, about your public persona, mm. because you do spend a lot of your life pissing people off. You know it. Mm. Uh, it contributes to what you're paid by the word in some cases, and I know not all, and I know that's not the only thing you're paid for, and I wonder how that feels. I used to think it was very funny, <laughs> but it, it gets... I, I don't really like being... Uh, <sighs> I don't know. I think, I think being a wind-up merchant is very particular. And uh, whether Giles means it or not, he does just sort of wind people up. And, and I really don't. I don't like winding people up. And I don't like dealing with the fallout of winding people up very much either. But I would also say that I'm quite scaredy-cat and defensive. And... The column in the paper this morning, for example, I ran it by Esther. We, it was an idea. Oh, yes. well, I this, is, this is classic. This is, our is podcast classic. this week let's do, let's do this column uh, about Christmas. There's all sorts of shortages. Uh, what are we... I mean, obviously you all know, because you've also read my column this morning to do your homework. Yeah, your before. alternative but my, Christmas. My alternative Christmas, so everything's a shortage. We can't get chickens, let's eat... You know, we can't get turkeys, let's eat badgers, whatever. Let's eat... We can't, we can't get a Christmas tree, so let's decorate the Christmas rake. Uh, we can't get lametta, so let's just pull out the, spool out the tape from an old cassette and hang it. And it has this paragraph in it about Nigella. And Nigella and I uh, have been... I was friends with her husband 30 years ago, her, mm. her husband, um, uh, John, John Diamond. Mm. And, 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 then, and then after John, uh, we were still sort of friends up to a point, and we were quite friendly, and we were moved in food circles. And I wrote a piece, I don't know, five, six years ago, that was not... It just mentioned Nigella. It wasn't mean. But I think Nigella decided that I was... You know, I, I, I shouldn't have written that piece. And, and when she used to go, hello, darling, she stopped doing that, which is a bit sad, because she's a wonderful and amazing, and I'd love to be her friend. But then I then find myself mentioning Nigella all the time in pieces now. Come, look, look what I've written now. And Esther goes, just don't, just leave it alone. And then, just, and then I was that. writing my column for today, and it was... And we've done it in the podcast, and I decided to say, oh, who cares if you can't get a turkey because the celebrity chefs are always telling us to ring the changes. Uh, and I've always written these people saying, well, we don't need to ring the changes because we only roast turkey once a bloody year, so you don't, it doesn't need to be different because how many meals have you only eaten, in my case, 53 times in your life or whatever, 52 times in your life. But, so, and I just wrote, well, Nigeria always does a, a badger boiled in cherry aid for 24 hours and finished in an arga the size of Gloucestershire. Uh, and, <laughs> and it wasn't meant to be hot, but it's just referencing that 
Coca-Cola ham she does. Uh, and then the, the, Hugh, Hugh Fulling Whittingstall swears by his grandfather's recipe for fricasseed orphan, which he hunts on horseback through the slums of Totnes on Christmas Eve. You see, they didn't like it. They didn't like they it. They did. They did laughed at the in? Nigella thing. No, they went, ooh. They did. I left it in. It's an estimate. I like the column. It's fine, but you must take out the Nigella stuff. Did you leave so it in? So I made the Nigella stuff longer and put did it in you? bold. Yes. Did you? Yes. Did you leave it in? Have you not read my column this morning? Not this morning. I've read it already. I read it when you emailed it to me. Yeah. So anyway, so oh. the point is, I then because I can't once Esther has flagged something up as being potentially problematic, I can't take it out. Oh. What you mean for pride? For pride reasons? Do you think? Yes, I just won't be told what to do, which is sort of you see, it's terrible. I, I get this. I mean, the whole idea of you know a wind-up merchant. I suppose Nigella, in lots of ways, is an anti-wind-up merchant. She is to do with making everybody feel really quite loved and held and secure and soothed. And she is also that person, for example, on social media. You are not quite that person there either. Does it, it must strike you that actually we do need both. I mean, I am thinking, looking at, at our room full of wonderful guests, they probably enjoy both sides of this. You have to have the oyster and the grit. Is that how it feels to you? Am I the grit? Yeah. Well, yes, in that, in that particular, you are the grit, yes. I never sit down. You just have to have something interesting to say. And you, it's, so I don't really set up to wind anyone up, but you have to think of the thing that the other people haven't thought of. And I, to cite two uh, great writers, or one great writer and one okay writer, my father, who's a great writer, he, he, when I was uh, nine and I'd go to him, you know, I've got this homework, I've got to write a, a story about a a pig or something, and, and can I have an idea, Dad? Tell me what to write. Uh, and he would go, I, I can't tell you what to write, but look, have your first idea, and then, and then your first idea, that's the idea that all the other kids are going to have, so throw it away. Don't write that. The second idea, that's the idea all the bright kids are going to have. That's a better idea. Throw that away too. The third idea, only you would have thought of that. Right. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, in my case, the third idea is always something horrible. Uh, <laughs> but it's the thing the other people haven't written. And to quote a nearly as great uh, uh, journalist and colleague, um, Danny Finkelstein, uh, who I think is probably on stage somewhere else at the moment. Danny's wife, it's a, it's a dictum of Danny, Danny's wife, which he told me, which is the nature of column writing means that all columns are either obvious or wrong. Um, and that is, if you're reading that, that is what you, 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 if you're Danny, you're trying to write about politics, so you make your statement, it is either obvious because you've just said the thing, or you've tried to go different and it's wrong. Mm. Um, and uh, those, are the, that's, those are my sort of defences for sometimes ending up in a place. 46 topical columns a year, 46 restaurant columns, 46 notebooks, that's... Loads. I didn't do maths, but like a hundred and quite a lot of columns. Uh, and, uh, and, and, to, and you're trying to be different from the other columnists to justify your position and your salary. And like three of them will go wrong horribly. Mm. Mm. To quote a third writer who's almost as good as the other two, which is you, you say you have to have an idea, but not necessarily... No, wait, you have to have an opinion but not necessarily you're a your fourth writer, You can't even remember what the... Th- no, it's, it's sometimes, sometimes I get in trouble for saying, you can't possibly think that. And I say, I have to write three columns a week, plus books, plus do TV, plus a podcast, plus a radio. What lunatic would have that many opinions to fill... To fill you know, to, people have about four opinions, you know? Uh, and then they just write them over and over again, like Simon Jenkins. If you... If you but it, to... to, to to, to, if you're going to write, you have to, you have to formulate an opinion. Someone, someone could feasibly think this mm. is, is sometimes the, the thing that I write. And then, but, 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 but shy away from... I don't... It's not trying to... But the, uh, that's why the thing about the podcast, Esther doesn't really let me get away with 
things that are really, really, really wrong. She just doesn't want to bump into Nigella at some... No oh, one God, I really don't, because I have, and it's and really No one awkward. invites us to anything anymore, but no. if, if they did and Nigella was there, Esther doesn't want to have to be there no. and have something mean. And no, uh, I, but, 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 but then I refer you back to my point. I know I'm a scaredy cat, and I know that I don't want anyone to be ever cross with me about anything because it's just too scary. I just can't stand it. So, in other so words... It makes me a bit feel here, a bit So you've married a lightning conductor. I know, I know. For a program, I'm not quite basically. Sure. Well, what, you're just what? standing to this side. I know, everyone's, I know. Everyone's I going, well, she's, she's exercising the, the caution in that marriage. She is the, the break on, on Charles' opinions. If I wasn't married to him, I don't know what kind of life I would lead. It would just be very boring. Oh. There is never a dull moment with Giles. That's what his sister no, told me before I, we got married. She said, <laughs> before good, she stopped talking to me for eight years. <laughs> So the good thing about Giles is never a dull moment. Just as interested in journalism, she literally matched. She already knew who I was when we met, and she was she'd been at journalism college at City, and she was interested in journalism. Like, like I'm not really, and she just she's met me and thought, oh, it's that journalist Giles Corrin. She didn't think she really liked me, but she liked my columns. So has it ever to you about like conference and stuff? You're like, I've never been to conferences. Has it ever occurred to you that? And I know you've been married for a long time, and you have children, and you have a life. But has it ever occurred to you that Esther was just playing the long game of establishing a podcast? No. And this is, is that possible? That's Did you really, is, is, that's very kind, really kind of you to kind of imbue me with that. No, the podcast was because Giles said, oh my God, I've got to do a podcast as part of my new contract. Can I be this? Can I be this? No, plan? I don't know. Giles said, we've got to do a podcast as part of my new contract. What podcast can I do that requires no preparation? <laughs> No administration. I've got an hour on a Wednesday. I've got an hour and a half on a Wednesday. What can we do? And I went, I've got an idea. You'd had that idea for this podcast before I had to do one to fulfil my obligations to the News International. And did this come about when you were already sort of locked down? Are you Just talk us through what it was like having these two journalists. It started before, but then, Mm. then when we were locked down and you couldn't go to restaurants... Uh, so I couldn't exactly. do my restaurant column, which is the sort of main thing. And the other... Uh, oh, the magazine thing? Yeah, yeah. The ma- we started doing this column together, which mm. was... Was that your idea? Uh, no, again, you were like, I cannot write 1,800 words every week. About, that aren't about, about food. About so nothing. my restaurant columns, I go, wibble, wibble, wibble. When I get bored, I just go, uh, and oh, the chicken, the moist and delicious with the crispy skin. And how many words is that? And uh, when you can't do that, so people like... Other excellent restaurant critics like Marina O'Loughlin tried to find, in the Sunday Times, tried to find other things to write about. Less good restaurant critics like, I don't know, Jay Rayner in The Observer. He would write every week, service. Oh, I find service very important. And the next week he would write ingredients. Here's what I think about ingredients. And he thought, this lockdown could go on for 18 months. You're not going to be able to do that, to write generally mm. about restaurants. Mm. Um, so he knocked on my door. So I, and and also, he said, one of the do you think you could write half of this? The really genius thing is that I have, through 25 years of working for newspapers and being obsessed with money and really good at negotiating and not very nice. I have <laughs> got up to an enormous rate per word, which they don't really pay people anymore. It's least, and they, they don't, Esther, they paid her about. I was able to get, by getting Esther to share the column with me, I got her up to my word rate, reduced the amount of time that I had to work. And, you know, Unfortunately, I was my, a kept man for the whole of lockdown. My being, word rate doesn't extend to anything else I write at the Times. So they put me back on, like, yeah, but to get you in there. Anyway, and it just meant that... And, and people really, really liked it. And also, because my persona is, is all kind of know-it-all and smart-arsey, to, to be... One of the things they like about the podcast is Esther owning me, I think the young people say. You know, just having... having and in the columns at the same time, I would write my pompous attempt at wit, and then Esther would just 
fuck me in the next but this column. Is the thing, and everyone you, you sort of loved it. You yeah. can't have a column of the kind, the, the kind of column that you're talking about without having a persona, whatever it is. And sometimes that persona can shift a bit, it can have different opinions, but there has to be a persona. But Giles is not a persona to you. He's your husband and he's the kid's dad. Yeah. And he's just a perfectly ordinary person. No, home. he's not. I actually suspect that the most radical thing we could discover about Giles was that he gets up at five in the morning to knit little hats for neonatal baby units and You does made that sound runs. like it was true. Well, I wonder if it is, Giles, is it? It's not far from the truth. What did you say? What did she say? I yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is that you are probably... The I get most up at five in the morning to, to... a very good person underneath it. And this is all that. Well, Alex was saying that it would be surprising to find that I wake up at five in the morning to knit hats for babies on neonatal units. And I don't quite do that. But I do get up at five o'clock and go down to, to stroke my cat, Iris, who gets lonely in the night, uh, and feed Motenzing and see if he's come in. I mean, no, I... Giles is really nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Giles is really nice. But Giles is just very sensitive. He's just very, very easy. It, it's all just on the surface. It's all on the surface, you know. You and I have built up over the years sort of armour that defends us against people who hurt our feelings or, or, or maybe don't treat us very well. And we go home and we say, well, maybe they were having a bad day and I should just, you know, toughen up. Giles doesn't really have any of that. So it's almost like he's a snail just with, like, the shell off or a turtle that's lost its thing. And, it's, and sometimes when he is overreacting to things... I have to remind myself of that. Um, but no your, no, your persona is a bit like, you know, I mean, it is just all Giles. When you kind of dig down, it's just like more Giles in there. It's like, it just go, goes on. But yeah, you do have to be a bit Sasha Fierce, which is Beyonce's stage name. Is it? You have to be a bit Sasha Fierce in, if you're going to do a long-running newspaper column, because mm. you can't just be you, because that's just boring. But you do have to somehow maintain the persona up to a point. When you brought this to a podcast, just talk us through how it actually works. Is it a kitchen table? It's our kitchen Job. table. It's your kitchen yeah. table. Set the scene on podcast morning when Giles has gra- very graciously offered you his one and a half hours of free time. How the, the does key, this go? The key thing is we think it's two different things. Esther thinks it's a really interesting insight into how a columnist conceives of a column, brings it to the paper, and people who are interested in newspapers could see us having the conversation, see us, you know, because I care more what my wife thinks about what I write than I care about my editors. Mm. Uh, I do care about my editors, obviously, because they listen to the podcast and this will be in it, but I, and I care about my readers, but Esther is a better representative of my readers and what they're likely to think, and I care about my women readers, you know, as well, and it, because I have more women than men readers, uh, because women read more than men is, is the reason for that, uh, and so I, I care what she thinks, and Esther thought it would be interesting to see the idea get born, get batted backwards and forwards, and then make it onto the page, and whatever, one of the ideas we talk about always arrives on the page. I think it's an insight into a marriage. Oh. Uh, I know, she doesn't think <laughs> Uh, she doesn't even think it's a marriage. But exactly what you wanted it to be. Well, I think it's interesting to see. I try and like. I want to have rows live on the day and you know and win them. Uh, and I want to hear. talk about what's on page six. But why is he put but it she there? She won't go for marriage counselling because she says the only reason you want marriage counselling. I don't know that I do want marriage counselling, but if I did. The only reason that people, she thinks, go for marriage counselling is they want a referee yeah. so that you can go there and have an Ooh, argument no, and go, on, you see, right, what, see what he's like? See what he's like. And that's... I think that... Oh, God, there's pro- a mar- is there a marriage counsellor here? No, it's fine. Okay. They probably all have marriage counselling, otherwise they wouldn't be together. Okay. And, the, the, um, and I, I think that that's interesting for people who, whose marriages are... Because we're... 
well, I'm very happy, but I mean, people's marriages are complicated uh, and they have rows and they have ups and downs and stuff. And in the podcast, I think you can see when we're getting on and when we're not getting on uh, and when we're happy. And I thought it was fun to bring in arguments about whose turn it is to cook or put the bins out or you know, do stuff with the cats or the children or what school are the... Should, should we I'm let Kitty give... I'm constantly trying to drag you back round. Goes, to and like... I'll go, but you let Kitty give up the piano. What kind of a young girl doesn't get to grade three? And she will go, but did you see what Putin's done? There'll be more from Esther and me after a short interlude. But why not pick up a subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times and enjoy one month absolutely free? Just search thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corrin has no idea. I've been promised that this will take you to an amazing offer, rather than just a website created by Ben randomly containing all my broadcasting mistakes. Although I'm sure that exists somewhere, it's just going to be up to you to find it. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When I write columns, this is one of the early things, when I was boring Esther into a relationship early on, um, one of the other dictums that I have, dicta, uh, the second rule of journalism. Third, yes, exactly. Third rule of journalism. Uh, it's, it's, I've always, since I used to write a feature a day for the Times in the 90s, mm. you I would reckon out of four, and I've never really discussed it with other journalists, but I, I feel my rate, out of four, you write one cracker, two that are okay, and you get away with one that's rubbish. Yeah. Uh, out of every four. And there's no, no better feeling. Like, I think... I, I personally, I feel I've done two crackers in a row the last two Saturdays. Last Saturday, I did uh, sort of spoof war poetry that as if funny. the soldiers yeah. had gone to the petrol crisis, so uh, mm. into the valley of death kind of stuff. And then this week, I, and I thought I thought I'd filed a bit of a dodgy one 
for today about the, the alternative Christmas, but then the, below the line they will love it. No, but I loved yes. it. I loved so I've it. had two good ones in a row. That means they can have two shit ones and four that are only okay, yeah. which will get me through the Christmas. Basically. This is the interesting thing, isn't it? I think we all feel that uh, whatever we do, we all think some things are better than other things. But it, the other people don't always agree which ones are which. And no, this is, I love it. How I love, about second guessing, readers? It's sometimes they all agree when you've done a terrible one. No, they don't. Yes, they do. They don't. That one. That, no, I won't bring. Which that one is I think? No, I think I think you have started. It wasn't. It, it was my idea though. It was the one with um, when all the uh, Winnie the Pooh toys came back from the New York Public Library to England, and I gave you that idea, and you made such. I don't even remember writing it. it. Did they not like it? They really didn't like uh, it, no. No, I love it when they go, this is marvellous, it's just lovely to have a laugh at a time like this. Where does he get these ideas? And then I drivel. Drivel. And there's always someone drivel. Do you get paid uh, to write this? Does he actually get... Does he, it's, it's the phrase is, do, do, do they actually pay hey. him for this drivel? Mm, mm. And I go, I'm here, and yes. Um, <laughs> and not, they're all, then they're my, my, they're my dad thing. Alan Corrin will be turning in his grave. Alan Corrin's just glad that I'm earning a living. He, he doesn't care at all. I, really, I actually do really want to ask you about that. It happens to lots of people who have highly regarded, well-known uh, people that are related to, especially if they're in the same business. At that point, that must hurt sometimes, or it must make you really incandescent with rage, does it? Uh, not incandescent with rage, but I, I, I wish... I, pff, yeah, it depends. I mean, <laughs> I, they're, they're, they're not as good as his father is sort of pointless. He's been dead for 13 years. There's an extent to which nobody's as good as my father. Uh, and so it's just a pointless comparison. There was a, Joseph Heller was giving a lecture at, uh, in Columbia or somewhere like that at some point in the, in the 1990s, obviously when he was still alive. And someone put their hand up and said, why haven't you written anything else as good as Catch-22? And Heller replied, who has? Um, and I sort of slightly feel that about my dad. Fuck off. You know, on, on a good day, I'm as good as A.A. Gill, and, well, on a, one of his bad days. You know, I can just about hold my head up. Every time there's the funniest writer in Britain columnist thing, I come second to Craig, Craig Brown, Brown, and that's fine. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, someone's got to fill. He can't write all the columns. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's... it's um, and I think uh, I'm funnier than that Tim Dowling in The Guardian, aren't I? Oh, mind what you say about Tim Gallagher. I love Tim Gallagher, he's great, but yes. sometimes I'm, okay, I'm as good. But so when they throw the dad, that's a shame. And when they don't like the columns, they say this thing about Alan Corrin will be turning in his grave. And he could know Alan Corrin loved me and was really proud that I did it, and he's really supportive of the fact that I do it, and it wouldn't make him happy that you think it's bad. I'm about to mount a defence of Tim Dowling, my colleague at The Guardian, <laughs> uh, which is to say that he wrote a column earlier this year in which he described the the rare but extremely unpleasant effects of eating poisonous courgettes Ooh. at a point where, as many of us were in lockdown, I was growing courgettes. And I feel he's possibly saved my life. Wait, what do you do to make them poisonous? They just, some of them go toxic. Oh my God. And you have to lick them. It's very rare. And if they're bitter, don't eat them. What the Otherwise, hell? you'll get really sick. And I'm going to go did. home and So you see, he's writing you, different sorts of columns from me. It is very different, but can you say you have saved people from a poisonous courgette? You cannot. You've saved some people from some poisonous restaurants. Yes. Very good point. Esther, you see, we, this is what... So and also, by service. the way, Tim, Tim Dowling is great. I often tell myself when I'm writing things that are a bit inconsequential and they're just about what's happening in my family. I think, look, it's Tim... Because Tim Dowling took over from um, John... Uh, uh, Ronson. Uh, John Ronson. Mm -hmm. John Ronson was a little bit untouchable. John Ronson was a great genius. I still think Tim Dowling's great. The thing. I love Tim Darling. Yeah, Certainly, can you tell him I say chat. hi? And yeah, I, I totally okay, well. Um, this does go rather to a point though, that we just have to sort of get it out there: is that possibly people who work outside uh, journalism 
imagine that there is a sort of pub where, or actually rather a nice club perhaps, where you are bumping into John Ronson, who's bumping into... Mm. Do, Ronson doesn't go out, he sits at home just sort of staring at the wall. Yeah. Um, Janice Turner is over there, Simon Heffer is over there. It, it does look like an absolutely unassailable club and a very privileged club as well. I wonder how you feel about that, because there does seem to me to be a kind of spotlight on that. Well, no. Just now. no. It's a bit. The, the best when Adrian was alive. I mean, the, yeah. the, I sometimes thought that, Adrian, that, that Esther had only... I first of all thought she'd married me because I was a well-known journalist. Then I realised she'd married me because she wanted to meet A.A. Gill. No, I um, didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. That was your other girlfriend. Oh, was it? That was the girlfriend before me who really liked... I didn't really know Adrian Gill. I mean, but I sort of knew We used to come to, sometimes have lunch with Adrian and Nicola, and, you know, and I, Adrian was a sort of huge hero figure uh, before I'd... I'd uh, Not to me, he wasn't. No, but, uh, but it, really... Well, it was exciting going out for lunch with him, wasn't it? It was... Yeah, you it, thought he was the best... Best storyteller you'd ever met. And he the best did. He was very good at. You thought he was funnier than me. No, I didn't. Did you not? No, I've never said that. Oh, okay. No, he wasn't. Adrian was very scary and unpredictable. We see Clarkson. <laughs> you know, Clarkson <laughs> often says, "You know, why do you laugh?" Because he's so because he's so weird and funny. I mean, yeah, just, but just they, they, they used to. Clarkson always says, "Oh, we've got to go." There used to be a there used to be a columnist dinner. Uh, with him and Keith Waterhouse, and then he names people like sort of Rod Little and, and stuff, and yeah. he's like, oh, we must start it all again, and then you realise we, we can't all really be in a room together. No, my God. What, you, you, you mean in case something happened? No, you don't well, care what anybody else thinks. There's too many egos, who does the talking? It's yes, a nightmare. Yes, I do, I do, I'm beginning yeah. to, to sort yeah. of intuit that that would be a problem. Take me back to the podcast room, please, where you yeah. are laying things out on your kitchen table. You are preparing to talk about crisps. Why do you talk about crisps? Crisps. Is this Desert Island Crisps? Yes. That's for his radio show. So oh, that's, that's radio Yeah, that's oh, for God. podcast. No, that's no, right. Don't worry. No, and it's I confusing. don't do it it's anymore. Confusing. It's really confusing. So we, we arrive with our, with our notes, um, slightly competitively, our kind of notes for what we're going to do in our podcast, and we don't let each other see. And then our amazing producer called Ben Mitchell arrives, who makes everything sound great and feel but we seamless. Have, we arrive and who's got notes? And I go, have you got anything for me to her? And, and then she looks a bit defensive because I know whether she has because I know whether she's been working on it. And in the days leading up to the podcast, even though it's meant to be a sort of fairly relaxed thing, I go, have you done some stuff? Have you got anything for the podcast? Have you got any notes? Have you got anything? She goes, yes, yes, yes. And then she sits down with a blank piece of paper. Yeah. What have you got? And she has But I've memorised them upstairs. So that he thinks I haven't got anything, but I actually do. Wow. This is, is, a, is a level of skullduggery in your house that I can't in, when you We're like the, Mr. and Mrs. Twit, only with podcasts. In, in, when you mentioned about lockdown and we started doing our, our column together, which was mm. really popular and it was really nice, and mm. it got loads of comments and it was more popular really than my restaurant column was, but she just didn't want to carry on doing it and we had to have a restaurant column, so we, we stopped. Um, it, 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 it did work as a kind of it did work as a kind of therapy, I think, uh, in that everyone struggled in lockdown, and you were, you know, we love each other, and we work at well, I love her, and we and we work uh, in uh, we work at home together quite a bit, but we were forced to be at home with the kids and doing homeschool and then fitting in the work and everything. And the bit when would you talk about your relationship? You you just you just sort of wouldn't. I mean, mm. it, you've got to just not think about your relationship because you've got no option. You can't shag anybody else because you're not allowed out of the house, so you are sort of stuck with each other uh, and. And you can't go anywhere or do anything and you have to work and the thing was that we had to come up with something to write about for that and we had to do the podcast and I, there was a sort of you could air the, your problem without having to sit down and have a conversation if it was annoying me that she wasn't 
quite pushing the freezer shut because the built-in freezer, which I never thought was a good idea anyway, means that if you, if you, it doesn't seal properly and air gets in, so it melts a little bit, then it refreezes, you get snow, it backs up, you can't get the sh thing out, and I have to fucking go in there and defrost the whole thing and like scrape it all out. And then, yeah, and if that's, an, I can then, in, if I don't, I couldn't possibly say that to her in a, one of our rare minutes of alone time, so I say it on the podcast. Giles, Giles, Giles. Do you see? And then it's... No, actually, I don't. Because it seems to me that you could say, darling, would you just be a bit more careful about closing the freezer door? Oh, no, no, no. You can't say that to her. What would happen? She would say, do you want to know the 48 other things that you do? That, like, I yeah. leave the cutlery drawer open. I leave the cutlery oh drawer. Oh, my God. But it doesn't the matter. It's like, because the, it's like being in the sixth but the sense knives that don't all defrost. the cupboards and all the drawers open all the time. You've only just started doing it. I don't leave everything open. You leave, I no, leave you, my you, you, wardrobe you in the bedroom it, open because all your books are piled it. up right by the... And I can't even walk to it without... No. I'm no. just... No, it's like we've got a poltergeist. You leave everything well, open. Now lockdown has lifted and we are beginning to get into a kind of... A, yeah. Giles, I know you're, you're going off to, to make some TV in the reasonably near future. You're obviously going out to restaurants again. I mean, is that just lovely? That you, um, did you just sit there with the beans on toast and think, thank I do. God, yes, I do. all the drawers are closed. Yes, I do. I do, I do, I do. It's, but it's, about, it's just about variety. I wouldn't want him to be away all the time, although I know lots of marriages work very well where one or the other is away most of the time. Um, but I also... But, you know, when lockdown started and people were working from home together for the first time and they didn't know how to navigate it, I was like, that is my life. That has been my yep. life for 10 years. Yes. And as everybody else's marriages fell apart and they were all sort of desperate for some personal space, I did feel a bit vindicated in saying, you see, it's quite hard working together in the same house all the time. But you now go to your office quite... Uh, why have you started going to your office? Is, has it finally got through that I... The builder's next door. Oh, the builder's, right. My, our wonderful new next-door neighbour... She's basically not wonderful. Dis and she's not wonderful. It doesn't matter. She's not here. Really nice. She worries about, I want to talk about the, our new next-door neighbour on Maybe the Maybe somebody knows her here, though. And on that note, yeah. I am going to, before we libel any... Uh, Anyone else? ...fantastically high-level lawyers... Look, I think we've got the roving mics. Look I think at that. We've got roving mics, and this is very exciting because we haven't had audience questions for a, a long time <laughs> the pink in a kind of real voice mics. way. I haven't heard your voices for a long time. Who would like to start us off? Perhaps somebody who's been emboldened by plenty of drink. We I, can I'm saying do, that before I saw your hands, sir. We can do restaurant us, recommendations if that's what everyone really wants to know. Which recommendations? Restaurant recommendations. Oh, yes. I enjoyed your column about um, uh, restaurants and magistrate courts, but you <laughs> omitted some detail about the charges. Uh, I don't mean the restaurant charges. The restaurant charges on what was that? The, the column where you ate, you ate in restaurants that used to be magistrates' courts. And what, what, oh. were you, what, why were you up at oh, the front of the judge? Gosh. Almost always oh, driving. Almost sorry. always driving. Yes, gosh. So I, wrote, I went to review a restaurant at Bow Street on what used to be Bow Street Magistrates Court, where the Bow Street Runners originally were from, the, the Nomad Hotel. And I remarked that it was surprising because it, it, was not a, it was not the first restaurant I'd eaten in on the site of a court where I had previously been up before the beak. Uh, and because there was also one uh, on Great Marlborough Street. And then I said if they only opened a restaurant, uh, the Magistrates uh, Court in Pontefract, uh, then I'd have a hat trick. Um, Do you actually try to sound like a character from Evil in War? What? 
Who's that? No. No, you're no, thinking of Bertie Wooster. Everyone, everyone assumed that it was because I'd, I'd, I'd stolen a policeman's hat on boat race day. I am very uh, much thinking but it wasn't of Evelyn they were, all, they were all basically motoring. Otherwise, I would have, you know, I would have... There, there was one I hit a shepherd's... Oh, no, I, I, sorry, I've had a cup of glass of wine, oddly. That's uh, why I'm driving back, don't worry. I, um, I, yeah, I had, a, I had an accident. I, I had a collision with a, with a kebab shop on Shepherd's Bush Green. I, I, and I, I actually think it was his fault. Because <laughs> um, he just <coughs> stepped out, but it was um, and, uh, and they were they were all they were all they were all motoring. Uh, uh, I, as far as I recall, they're not fantastically glamorous, sadly. No, and, and I, I couldn't really go into it. I could have lied about what they were. But weren't you arrested in Paris by a gendarme because you lay down on the platform? Yes, but I, that was. The, 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 but they didn't put you in. No, you didn't, they didn't charge you with anything. Yeah. Yeah. You see, I think you should probably be writing down new podcast ideas all the times. Yes. has been arrested would be a great yeah. podcast. I've been anyway. arrested quite a lot. I mean, I was arrested sort of little sort of shoplifty things when I was a student. Um, a little sort of afraid. I, I was at Blackwell's in Oxford. I was done. Not, not that far from here, I suppose. Uh, and I had this book. It was called um, From the Action to the Word. Uh, it was a, a structuralist account of uh, approach to Shakespeare's tragedy. And, and I just, I had, and the thing was, I had been, weirdly, I was only, I had tried to, I think I was stealing it. Um, but, <laughs> Your Honour, and, um, and the store detective stopped me, but I, I had one foot still in the shop and one foot on the pavement. And they, they brought the police and they took me to a, to a, to a back room and, and I was held for ages and they brought the police. And then the police brought me out and they took me to the... Was I handcuffed? I think I was handcuffed. And they walked me out through Blackwells. And my best mate Robin was standing there shouting, Jiley is innocent. Uh, which was, but, but, and then the two things... And we got out and I got into the car and, and I said... And then the person said, is your dad Alan Corrin? And I went, yeah. He said, oh, I love that news quiz. Uh, and I thought, I'm, I'm probably okay here. Um, and, and then I said, but you know, the funny thing was she hadn't, um, she hadn't, she, she said to me, I still had one foot in the shop. And I thought that was a good legal point. I said, and I do have an account at Blackwell's that my dad pays. Uh, and it was all true. And then I had this fascinating conversation with the police about why had I tried to steal a book from a shop where I have an account, which is paid at the end of the year by my dad. Uh, and I still can't answer that, but it... I think, I think in there somewhere is just the, uh, the, the riddle and the answer to everything about yes, you, isn't it? I suppose so. Um, I have been waved at, and I'm not... Thank you you're, so much. You're welcome. Thank I'm you for not, the question. I'm not ignoring you, I promise, John, because you've been so wonderful, as have all the staff here, and made everything one so swimmingly, but we are. So I'm, I'm going to let one more really quick, and I'm in quick answer. Quick question, quick answer. Who would like to ask it? And there is a lady at the back there. Thank you very much. Hi, Giles. Um, I asked um, this question to, we saw Monica Galetti last night. I'm a big fan of Amazing Hotels. Which has been your most favourite hotel you visited on the programme and why? Well, um, welcome, welcome back. I'm sorry you've seen me again. I was chatting to Monica. I'm so sorry. Um, there are other chairs available and you might get did to you see some. Did you interview Monica as well? I did. Oh, she did yes. Yes. How was she? I did. She was fat. Well, she, do you know what? Briefly, she was amazing because she had finished service at one o'clock in the morning oh in Merritt. So she was yeah. just fantastic. But she did talk about how up. hard she'd been working in the restaurant. Yes. No, no, no. Well, she does. Yes. Um, yes. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, um, the, uh, I love Monica and I'm going to see her in Abu Dhabi on Wednesday. I've got to go on Monday and then she'll fly out there. We're best, best mates. Um, uh, the, 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 I would say the only one that I've, I've, I've taken Esther to back of all of them, uh, I, I took the family to um, Giraffe Manor in Nairobi uh, and then to Samburu, uh, to their, to their Sisab, their lodge in, 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 uh, in Africa and uh, because they were really lovely people. And a, a lot of the hotels, the, the hotels are all marvellous and amazing. Uh, Brando, the Brando? 
the Brando is amazing, but I wouldn't. But the Brando, you, it took 48 hours to get there, and you have to fly via LA. It's probably, if you go, if you go cattle class, it's 5,000 quid, which I, I couldn't possibly do. So I don't know. And then it's even more. And then you get there, and it's thousands. I did get to swim with whales, so that was an amazing experience. But you could probably swim with whales somewhere else, and it wouldn't be quite so expensive. Uh, and the, but the, the Giraffe Manor was a place... Because when I... All those amazing hotels, when I get there, I literally... When I get to a really, really beautiful room, I just think it would be nice if Esther was there. And it, I sort of phone her and say, I'm in this nice room, and she goes, yeah, yeah, whatever, I've got to get the kids' tea on the table. <laughs> and, uh, and I kind of, But it would be so romantic, darling. It's so, so, yeah, yeah, honestly, I've got to get them to school. Uh, and, uh, and I... All of them, the thing is, although it's a lov- they're lovely places to be if you're working... They don't mean much without my wife and family there. So I, it's See, I knew it was nice. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were nice. I knew it. <laughs> and it's not all... Unless you've got to leave this room and immediately say, come on, Esther, where are the notes for the next thing? Uh, I knew it. Um, yeah. You well, were I'm nice. really nice and we're married. So yes, she like is. Yeah. Yeah, right. um, thank you so much for coming to talk to us. Thank you. Thank you to everybody at the Daffodil. Um, so, yeah, great next. lunch. Delicious. And wasn't it a good lunch? So good. The, the fish, it was nice. Yeah, the fish amazing. Crispy, brownie was amazing. Very fresh. When can we nice. hear ourselves on the podcast? Well, it's next Friday. Friday. So today is Saturday. So the next Friday that we get to, it should be there. Esther, thank you. I, I mean, I have to say, if I had a question of substance that I wanted a real, dependable answer, I think I'd probably ask you, even the Giles. I'm sorry, I would. <coughs> I just would. Um, thank you very much. Thank you to Cheltenham, and see you at the next event. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank, thank you, Giles, Corin, and Esther Walker. Thank you. thank you very much. You've been listening to Giles Corran Has No Idea with me, Giles Corran. And me, Esther Walker. You can listen to us on the Times Radio app or download from wherever you get your podcasts. And by searching thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corran Has No Idea, you can access a special offer just for you. And for the full live experience, tune into my show on Times Radio every Friday from 1 till 4. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even on a budget? Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.